Hey, Let's Talk listeners. My name is Heather, and I serve as the podcast lead for the Gospel Coalition. Today on Let's Talk, we're bringing you a clip from a special bonus episode of Gospel Bound, another podcast from TGC hosted by Colin Hansen. In this episode, you'll hear a conversation with Colin Hansen and one of your Let's Talk hosts, Melissa Kruger. They discuss big trends and stories from 2020, they share their hopes for 2021, and reflect on God's faithfulness displayed through TGC and many other areas of life. To hear the full episode, just head over to Gospel Bound wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now, here's a clip from the conversation. Welcome to a special edition of Gospel Bound, and let's talk. I'm Colin Hansen. I'm the host of Gospel Bound, and I'm joined by my good friend and colleague, Melissa Kruger, one of the hosts of Let's Talk. Melissa, it's great to be talking with you. It's so fun to be here with you. We wanted to take you behind the scenes, look back on the big stories and trends of 2020, and thank all of you, our listeners, for encouraging us in this work. It's just been a tremendous year, even amid all of the chaos, uh, none of which we anticipated when we launched both of these podcasts. So it's been pretty wild, but again, I think a very rewarding experience. Absolutely. Before we begin, actually, Colin, you know, a lot of people may know you as the host of Gospel Bound, um, but anyone who works with you knows that you actually do a ton more work at TGC. In fact, you've been at TGC longer than anyone other than Don Carson, you know, who basically helped found TGC. And so can you tell us a little bit about what you do for TGC? Yeah. So I've been here for for more than a decade now, uh, celebrated that 10-year mark back in July, which you and my colleagues were very kind to send me encouraging notes and a gift and things like that. That was really that was really um, a highlight for 2020 for me. For his birthday, we sang for him. <laughs> and that was not a kindness to you when we sang to you. Well, everybody knows you can't sing together over Zoom. Well, you know you cannot get in sync. It just does not work. <laughs> there are things that we've learned in 2020. So I've been responsible for all of the content development since 2010. So that would be the books that we published, the articles, the podcast content that we come up with, a vision for multimedia and social media, just helping on the idea side of things, also hiring new editors and hired you, of course, mm-hmm. one of uh, one of my best moves, if I might say so. Uh, we could talk about that, but uh, yeah, and then also includes the events. And I know we want to talk about uh, what we're looking forward to in 2021 with the events here as well. So uh, choosing the speakers and the topics and and things like that, working especially with the president of TGC, who is who is Julius Kim on developing that. So now, Melissa, I'm trying to remember. Usually I say something like, Melissa, so you've been working with TGC now for two years. And you're like, yeah, six years, Colin. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, so how long has it been? at TGC for you. And I'm also wondering just how many different jobs <laughs> have you held since that in that time? I know that's a good question. I'm terrible with dates too. I really, I really judge most dates by how old was my kid when I started doing this? And that helps me to count back. I initially came on, I wasn't working for TGC. I think in around 2016, you asked me to come on as a blogger. Um, so that was really the first thing I started doing. Um, TGC started hosting my blog. And then a year later, 
um, you asked me to come on as an editor. Um, and I'm so glad that you did because I've loved being a part of that team. And then I worked as an editor, I think about a year and a half. I can't really remember. Or maybe last summer, I came on full-time with TGC um, in our women's content and women's initiatives. And so that's what I do now. And I, I really love it. But I, I do just want to say on Colin's job, if you don't know this, if there's any content that you've enjoyed across the board, podcast, you know, articles, books, he's got a hand in it somewhere. I'm so thankful for your vision in that and how how it has grown through the years. I mean, you know, we're not just a website anymore. We have all these different areas um, in which it's grown. And I'm just so thankful for the ways the Lord has gifted you to serve on this organization in such a broad way. It's a real gift. Thank you, Melissa. Now you've also notified everybody to whom to send all of their hate mail. <laughs> so right. now you, you've clued in all of the angry Facebook groups about how to reach out and where they can direct all their complaints. I've been trying for 10 years for people to not find out any of that. I'll send you his email. Well, one thing we want to talk about today, um, we want to really kind of recap 2020. It's been a year. <laughs> there's a lot. It's been, it's been a year. That's it's true. Been a year. It's been a year. <laughs> there, there's a ton that's um, gone on and we can't really talk, talk about theological stories without talking about words like COVID-19 and pandemic and mask. Um, when I found myself shopping online for cute mask, I thought the world has really changed in dramatic ways. And the fact that Every store I like had cute masks to shop from, um, but it's been a it's been a year that I think none of us could have predicted in any way, um, and it's had huge impact on our conversations about the church and our relationships in the church. And can you just speak a little bit into how you've seen those conversations develop throughout 2020? You and I, Melissa, were together with the rest of TGC's senior leadership team just the week before the shutdown, right? So I remember back in those crazy days that seemed like forever ago and also yesterday, somehow at the same time, I had flown on a Sunday night out to San Diego. We'd been together for a few days. I got up and had like a 4 a.m. or something like that crazy flight all the way across to Greenville, South Carolina to speak. There came back to Birmingham. And once I once I mean, you were, of course, going back to Charlotte. Since then, it's been nothing. We, we've shifted from a moment of almost of, of initial panic of sorts, of imagining all kinds of worst case scenarios. We switched from that into almost a kind of, well, this is different and almost in some ways a little bit relieving because I had all these things that I had to do and now I have some extra time. And here in Alabama, at least, we had the most beautiful spring. Yes. So all kinds of time spent outdoors with family. And and then all of a sudden it gets into, oh, things are going to get better. Oh, no. I mean, they actually are not really getting better. And one of the key moments, and this is related to one of the other stories that we want to talk about, was George Floyd's death and the protests that followed there. Then from there, things got in deeper into the presidential election. And when you tie those three things together in, in my top 10 theology stories of 2020, I, I've, I've written that the top three stories of this year, uh, COVID-19, George Floyd's death and president Trump's loss, all of them would have been number one 
in any other year. But all three of them happened in 2020, and all three of them are related to each other. They're all connected. They would not have happened without the other at some level. And that's what it's done for us in terms of theology and culture and church, because it has put almost all of our churches under a kind of siege. And it's not only because of the pandemic, if that were just in and of itself, we would be mourning here about how we're not going to be singing Christmas carols together, and we're not going to be having candlelight services and things like that, which is, you know, sad in and of itself. But when you add on to that friendships that have been broken permanently, uh, pastors who have left the ministry, which I'm hearing a lot of, groups of leaders within churches who share almost all of the same theology and yet can't even speak to each other anymore. It just seems as though of all years that we did not need to be spending more time by ourselves and online, it was 2020. And yet that's exactly what was delivered up to us under under the good providence of God. And so I think just as it in retrospect would be pretty foolish to look back on 2020 and think that we had a good sense of what was coming. I don't think we have a real great sense right now of how this is all going to to play out, except I will say that um, as it always does, Advent comes at a good time. It it does. It does. And I I think um, it is just hard to measure the impact it's had on churches. Um, Even we had just switched churches about five months before COVID happened. And, you know, it's always hard to, to get to know others in a new congregation. And then when you're not meeting every week, it's, it's just been this loss. And I think people have a hard time even quantifying what that loss has been. We've had some great articles. I remember one from our co-editor, Megan Hill, on it, it actually makes it harder to dig into the truths that we need from Scripture when we don't have that regular meeting every week. And I know I've seen that in my own life. There, it, it's one thing to go online and you get to have this church service in your den, kind of in your pajamas. <laughs> but there is something about being together collectively and worshiping the Lord collectively and sitting there with others hearing the truth that it's a huge huge blessings. And I know we're all mourning that loss, but hopefully um, we will have those meetings soon, Lord willing, as we've all learned to say about everything this year. Again, you also talked about the effects of the tragic death of George Floyd um, on conversations that we're having in the church and probably how it's prompted conversations that definitely needed to happen. Um, Can you speak to that a little more and how the deaths of multiple Um, African-Americans in different communities have really spurred on some healthy discussions, some unhealthy acts of violence that maybe haven't been helpful in, in, in ways. But can you discuss how in the church, this is a conversation we really need to have about racial injustice and how these deaths have prompted that and how you've seen that going as people are having those conversations? Yeah, we remember also Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, Jacob Blake, all of them different circumstances. And yet, one of the things that I've seen reiterated in 2020 is the need for majority culture Christians like you and me to be 
patient and to listen attentively attentively to African Americans about their experiences and how they receive the news, how they watch the videos, how they process that. I would love to say that what we've seen in 2020 has been an outpouring of empathy and collaboration about tangible reforms that we might be able to bring and actually find consensus around because thankfully I don't see anybody saying that any of these things happening was good. Okay. I mean, there were some times when people did think that doing these things was somehow a good thing. Okay. Well, at least nobody is arguing that we disagree strongly. Some of us um, about exactly how to fix that, but at least we do recognize that these things should not be happening, that these are tragic. Okay. You'd think that that would be a starting point and then be able to connect that to minority experiences and how they see things through their particular perspective. And I do think there has been some of that. And certainly at TGC, I, I think about Shy Lin's article, George Floyd and Me, was one of our most read and best appreciated articles of this year. And I think that contributed a lot of, of helpful theological discourse in terms of how do we bring our faith to bear on these current events and on these experiences that some of us can't relate to, but do want to do want to address or want to at least at some level acknowledge. The problem is that what we've mostly seen in 2020, and I think this is very closely related to the partisan dynamics of the presidential election, is how almost the entire discussion has been deviated away from these experiences and how minorities um, connect them and how they experience them, then to what we might be able to do collaborate. And you can blame whoever you want on that. You could blame the defund the police movement um, for veering that off. You could blame public health officials for saying that pro mass protests are okay, but meeting in schools is not. Nonsensical you know, public health advice in a pandemic like that. You can blame whatever you want, but it just seems like we're called to a different, higher standard in the church. And what's been discouraging to me in 2020 is a trend that we've actually seen develop going all the way back to Ferguson in 2014, which is that there isn't a lot of patience for being able to wrestle with very complicated history, very complicated sociology, complicated theology, complicated history, all of which or some of which may implicate some of us in our study. Instead, it's far easier to fall into familiar partisan patterns to label people who are different and ideas that are different and foreign to you, lump them all together under sort of a broad terms, and then seek to condemn and to ostracize and to penalize people who hold to those supposed views, even if those people don't hold to those views. So that's where the theological discourse has gone. The only thing I'll say in terms of context there is if we are surprised that it's gone that direction, then we do need to study our history more carefully because that's been a pattern uh, within the evangelical church. And so I continue to believe that there, that we can break the pattern. I see in Birmingham, uh, where I live, a lot of people, especially younger Christians who are motivated to learn more and what they do with that information, I'm not really sure, but 
learning is at least a necessary place to start in this local context. And so, but like I said, I, I think they're all related. I mentioned how it's related to the protests. I think it's also related to a presidential election. I think also, Melissa, I don't know if you've noticed this, but if you've looked back on many of the major racial flare-ups in our country, uh, they've tacked on to election years. Not in every case, but a lot of them have been during election years. That's really, really helpful. I think um, that one, one takeaway I've had from this year reflecting on these issues is just the importance, and I know you'll share this with me, of reading and the importance of history. And it's one thing to read a hot take online, and we can have good articles. I mean, you and I, we work in a business that talks about articles online, but sitting in stories and really listening to them, I think is profoundly important in this discussion. And I know for me, I've been shocked um, about stories that I never heard. Even I love history. I love American history. And you know, for the first time this year, I finally read The Warmth of Other Suns. It's been sitting on my nightstand for about three years. And I have to admit that it was a little thick and it intimidated me <laughs> before I jumped in. But I, I had never even heard of this great migration. You know, I'd heard of lots of other things, Trail of Tears, all these other stories that you've heard, Manifest Destiny, you've studied in American history. And I had never heard of this great migration that happened from the South to the North, Um and it's, it's just you sit in the stories for a long time when you read a book instead of just reading an article with this opinion or that opinion. And so as the church continues these discussions, one thing I've been encouraged by is how many books I saw even on Amazon that were being purchased about racial issues. And so that was hugely encouraging to me as we looked at this conversation. And Wilkerson, she also came out with Cast this year, which I don't recommend the same way that I would Wormpath of Other Sons. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's that we're not lacking for resources. And there's a lot of, I think, catch up that a lot of us have to do, which is one reason why, Melissa, I've just focused primarily on the Deep South and primarily on Birmingham of just trying to understand my own context there. Now, I think I'd be remiss without mentioning on this topic the fact that Let's Talk, which has been a wonderful podcast this year. I think we're very proud of at TGC. And you're joined in there by Jasmine Holmes and Jackie Hill Perry. I don't think you guys talked about racial topics this year, did you? We, we did have an episode on friendships with people who aren't like you. So that was where we touched on all sorts of things, though. I mean, not just you know, friends of different races, but friends of different genders. Yeah. I mean, friends of different seasons. So we kind of broadly talked about it there um, and how important it is actually to have people in our lives who are different than us. So we talked about it a little bit. Well, the reason I bring that up is because like you said, with Amazon, it's such an overwhelming space. Uh, you, you don't know what you're going to get. You, you might see, oh, Jamar Tisby's book is doing really well. Okay, that's interesting. Maybe I'll pick that up also with White Fragility, or I'll pick this up with Stamped from the beginning. It can be very confusing as to know how to discern. One of the things that's guided me in this process has been African Americans who I have known for a very long time have had many opportunities to be able to to get to know and to learn from over the years and have developed friendship and also trust there. And Jasmine and Jackie are two of the most impressive people I know in their 
demeanor, in their learning, in their godliness. I had the blessing, and I know many of you out there listening to Gospel Bound, it was one of our best listened to episodes, talking with Jasmine about Mother to Son, and her book, that excellent book that came out this year. Interestingly, that interview came about because of Let's Talk. So we had in, decided, of course, you know this, working with our good friend and, and colleague, Betsy Howard, we had decided to invite and, and work with Jackie and Jasmine with you on that podcast. And I think, I think that the chemistry has just been great. I mean, I love to listen to you guys talk on, on whatever subject. But then our, our producer, Heather, uh, who works on both of the podcasts, she was making recommendations to me about Gospel Bound. And she said, Colin, have you thought about having Jasmine on your show? And I said, well, I mean, I love Jasmine's work. I, I, I mean, she's just incredibly impressive. But for some reason, it just had not occurred to me. She gave one of the best interviews. It was outstanding. I've got kids around the same age. Um, but growing up in such a, I mean, both in the Deep South, but in, in very different environments in many different ways. And so just being able to see through her eyes as a parent and as a mother, and we're talking about boys specifically, was just very illuminating. And I would just commend more of us to take time, like Melissa's saying, listen to the podcasts, read the books, exercise some discernment, offer a little bit of trust of other members of the body of Christ who are seeking the Lord and the Holy Spirit is working through them, and they have something to offer that, that you don't. But generally, that's what Gospel Bound is all about, is being able to find those people and just being able to listen to them and defer to them. And I think what Let's Talk is, is a lot about is how you reach that sort of spiritual discernment and growth within companionship and friendship within community. At least that's one of the things that I love seeing about Let's Talk and I think has made it so popular for people to listen to. Yeah, I've enjoyed so much my time with both Jackie and with Jasmine. And I actually, in between our recording sessions, read both of their books this year. And I told them they are both so wonderful with words and with writing. Um, but it made me feel like I got to know them better. Even, even after I'd been sitting at a table with them for days talking, I knew parts of their story from reading their books that I wouldn't have known otherwise. And so I highly recommend Jasmine's Mother to Son and Jackie's is Gay Girl, Good God. And both of those are just excellent resources to read and to listen and to learn and just on, on many topics. But I think it's just really helpful. Thanks for listening to today's bonus episode of Let's Talk. To hear the rest of this episode with Colin Hansen and Melissa Kruger, head over to Gospel Bound on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Or just click the link in the show notes.